With this podcast, we start a new mission. Angus and I really enjoyed unpacking Otis' car last year. And look, for those that haven't listened to that one, I know it's a bit eclectic and it's three episodes, however, we really enjoyed that one because of the topic and Otis isn't really well known. So go back and give that one a listen for the new listeners out there. However, we, we read Otis's book and it was a format we really enjoyed. And uh, a loyal listener of the podcast, uh, Jesse, has been on to me about Max Egan for quite a while. Now, Max is an Aussie guy, and he subscribes to some interesting ideas, the Tartarian mud floods and a few other little bits and pieces. However, he wrote a book called Earth's Forbidden Secrets, and we decided to unpack that book, give it a read, and see what Max has to tell us. So this is part one of Earth's Forbidden Secrets, and we really had a good time with this one. It's awesome. It's a good book. It's right down the Unlocking the Code Megalithic Society rabbit hole. And Max being an Aussie, we had a lot of fun with this one. So hopefully that comes across because we, we're looking forward to it and we look forward to continue to unpack this. This will be an ongoing series uh, now until we finish the book uh, interwoven with different episodes. I've got some interesting guests coming up and conversations and topics on a range of subjects so but as a bit of continuity and as an interesting exercise we're going to unpack max's book so this is part one earth's forbidden secrets as far as the music for this one i don't know i don't know as i sit here and record this so it'll be as much a surprise to you as it is to me however i hope all is well this one's a bit of a distraction and a bit of a deep dive into a, a topic that we all love here at Unlocking the Code. Thanks very much for your support. I really appreciate it. We do have Patreon. It's not something that I promote much. However, I am digging back into the research and I am investing the money from the patrons that have already graciously sent stuff in into new equipment. We've got some new cables coming. Actually... Look, I apologise in advance for the cables contacts messing up in this episode a couple of times. However, like I said in the episode, thank you very much to the, the Patreon supporters because new cables are on their way. This one is also a video and it'll go up on the YouTube channel. We're messing around with different things. Like I hooked this one up through my laptop and again, thank you to the Patreon supporters because there's another webcam coming to so you guys can be part of the refinery. And I think some of these books, we're going to see if we can't include you in the process with some technology, a few other bits and pieces. As I sit here and review it, I know how I'm going to fix some of that. As I said, I really appreciate your time. I hope all is well. Look after yourselves. Be kind, be cool. Stay safe. Be disciplined. And we'll talk soon. Cheers.
mate. How you going? Well, mate. Yourself? Good, man. Good. We, we're excited. We are, it's an exciting time. It's exciting, man. We got a, we got a new mission uh, tonight. We've actually got some interesting stuff. So, look, both the topics... Well, we're going to do an article that was sent into us by uh, Nathan uh, about Malta. Well, Angus is going to read that for us. And then we're going to jump into Max Egan's book. Now, Jesse, as uh, another loyal listener of ours, has been on to me about Max Egan for a while. And I did get in touch with him. I think he's fled to Mexico, which, you know. <laughs> why not? Why not? Um, and, yeah, so I don't know whether he's going to come on or not. However, we're going to do his book. And he's an Aussie guy. And he's got a, he's he's down the same track as us. He's got the Tartarian mud flood stuff, and I'm not going to say either way. I think we just read the book, and we just let it see how it develops. Because I know we're both sort of looking at it peripherally in the background. However, I think we should just read the book and um, see how it develops. Man, I'm excited. No, I'm excited too. It's a it's a new chapter mm. for the UTC. You know, I think it's interesting to to delve into some of this other material that's out there and, mm. and um, you know, some of the stuff we're going to touch on. We, well, the book itself is new for, for both of us sort yeah. of thing, you know, to cut our teeth on that, yeah. the information put forward. And it's just another perspective on the mirror ball. It is. It is. And we, we had a bit, we have had a bit of a flick through. This is not, we're not going in cold. Oh, no. However, and some of the stuff we know, some of the stuff we don't, which is interesting. Um, so yeah, we'll just see where it goes, man, but we're going to start with, an article, mate. Yes, this one was brought to us by Nathan, mm. and um, it just touches on a on a little urban legend in Malta. Mm. Um, and obviously, we have the uh, the megalith hunter in Malta, uh, a UTC guest, Laura. She does really good work over there. Make sure you follow her page. However, Nathan's also from Malta, and he told us, "Well, mate, I tell you what. How about you take it away? This is the this is the article. We, we looked right, at a few different this is things." From- uh, this is where we, we settled. Where are we looking at this here? We've got Stranger Things, The Mystery of the Lost Children of Hal Saflini Hypergeum. Sorry for any pronunciation. Yeah, I'm going to, Laura's probably going to tell me about that one. That's fine. A group of children and their, cho- and their teacher were forever lost underground at this UNESCO site, or were they? It's a nice picture of the Hypergeum there. It's, it's fascinating, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And obviously, you know, being UNESCO site, it's all really well presented and really well lit. It the thing, awesome. the thing about the hypergeum, man, is it's just a ma- why? What is this? Mm. It's just a mystery, man. And I mean, look at those lintels. I know there's some pretty decent stonework. Mm. You know, it's hard to hard to comment on the precision, but they're cutting windows in stone, so mm. that you know. But anyway, we'll continue with the article. All right, here we go. One of the more intriguing stories to come out of the Maltese Islands tells of 30 school children who, they say, were never were forever lost in the hidden underground tunnels accessible from the Halsiflini Hypergeum. The tale has even made the headlines in national newspapers. The story is now the stuff of legend, with many claiming it is a hoax of sorts and others believing it to be a truth which someone has an interest in keeping hidden. Hang on, one more line. Here's the available information so you can make up your own mind. I really didn't need that line. The legend <laughs> of Malta's underground tunnels in the third and last sublevel of the Hypergeum. One of the burial chambers located at floor level is supposedly a doorway 
into another underground world. Interestingly, this lower level is no longer physically accessible to visitors after the recent refurbishment of the Hypogeum. Local law commonly states that Malta is riddled with underground tunnels. These supposedly exist in many overlapping layers that intersect the travel and travel far and wide across the country, even beneath the sea all the way to Rome. You may even stumble upon a conspiracy theory supporting the existence of a completely undocumented rock-cutting civilization in Malta. It supports the notion that the knights built their forts and cities over pre-existing dugout structures, using these ready-made ditches as a foundation for their own outstanding buildings. Among the evidence supporting this conspiracy theory is that rock-cut architecture was common in the ancient Mediterranean, while ditches were no longer typical in the 16th century. When many of the knights' fortifications were built, meanwhile, the carved bedrock is more weathered than the stone structures built over it, and there are several strange features such as broken staircases and blocked-up doorways. With places such as the Halsiflini Hypogeum. I think you're getting that. I like it. You like it? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Hypogeum having been discovered several feet underground and indicating that a rock-cutting civilization did abound on Malta, the notion of carving tunnels across the country does not sound so unrealistic. Could Malta truly have a hidden underground network of tunnels and catacombs kept hidden from public view? The official statement. With regards to children lost in such tunnels, two printed articles on reputable magazines have surfaced, but officials today dispute the validity of the information given therein. Heritage Malta, the authority responsible for prehistoric sites in Malta, considers the story to be a myth, a myth that may have been created to force children to shy away from Malta's many caverns and tunnels from fear for their own safety. That the UNESCO World Heritage Site has been well investigated would make sense. Meanwhile, an, un, an, an official report into the incident of lost children or evidence of a collapse inside the hypogeum, which was meant to have entrapped them, has not been discovered. Since there's nothing strange about the site and no evidence to support the story that children get lost in Malta's secret underground, why does the tale still get told? The tenacity of the legend can be blamed on these two independent reports, one appearing on the reputable National Geographic magazine and the other being a personal anecdote of Lois Jessup, a British government employee, which was first published in Riley Crabbe's Borderland Science magazine by the Borderland Sciences Research Foundation. The National Geographic report. In the 1940 August issue, number 78, of the National Geographic magazine, Richard Walter wrote, Many subterranean passageways, including ancient catacombs, now are a part of the island's fortifications and defence system. 
Supplies are kept in many tunnels. Others are bomb shelters beneath Valletta. Some of the underground areas served as homes for the poor. Prehistoric men built temples and chambers in these vaults. In a pit beside one sacrificial altar lie thousands of human skeletons. Years ago, one could walk underground from one end of Malta to the other. The government closed the entrances to these tunnels after school children and their teachers became lost in the labyrinth while on a study tour and never returned. Now, you were saying earlier you've got another excerpt from well, I've actually the got full is I've it got the it. full thing? No, it's just a page, but it's actually going to continue with that. Now, this is from Nathan, was it? Yeah, this is directly from Nathan. This is what led me down the rabbit hole of it. And so we looked at a couple of different articles and we just settled on this one because it's just a little snippet at the start and we're going to do that. You know, the loyal listeners out there, send us an article. And at the start of these episodes, we might have a little tidbit to have a bit of a look at. So I can actually go from there. Years ago, one could walk underground from one end of Malta to the other, but all entrances were closed by the government because of a tragedy. On a sightseeing trip comparable to a nature study tour in our own schools, a number of elementary school children and their teachers descended into a tunneled maze and did not return. For weeks, mothers declared that they had heard wailing and screaming from underground, but numerous excavations and searching parties brought no trace of the lost souls. After three weeks, they were finally given up for dead. And it sort of goes on about the fortification, because uh, August 1940, obviously, one year into World War I. Um, but I'll let you finish the article, because the Jessup thing's interesting. All right, scroll me down, my good man. There you go, mate. So this part is called... The Jessup Anecdote. Just a week before the alleged disappearance of 30 children, Lois Jessup had visited the Hypogeum for the first time. There, she convinced the guide to allow her to investigate one of the aforementioned burial chambers, and she was allowed to do so, though at her own risk. She crawled through the passage and emerged on a ledge inside a large, seemingly bottomless cavern. Another ledge across the chasm led to an entrance in the far wall. From this, she witnessed several giant humanoids emerge in a single file. Noticing her, they raised their palms towards her, causing her to panic and retreat. Then a slippery, wet creature brushed past her and a violent wind blew inside the underground cavern, snuffing out her candle. The rest of her party was emerging onto the ledge at this point, and terrorized, terrorized, she insisted they turn back to the hypogeum, where the guide, seeing her state, gave her a knowing look. Eventually, she revisited the hypogeum only to discover that the tunnel was boarded up, and her first guide seemingly never existed. The new guide denied everything. This is the story she told. Hello. <clears throat> did we just where have we skipped from no we haven't so it's gone truth or legend and then past ah, there Ah, right um and that's just the uh that's the same that's, that's an interesting that. story hmm. wonder what those humanoids were you yeah know, were they look i think we we don't need to read the last bit because it's asking truth or legend i don't know man look so i sent this through to laura because she's obviously on the ground over there doing some research and her she basically said that um she looked into it it's weird it's never happened again um and it is considered like a myth over there 
she says, I don't know whether it happened or not. It is considered a myth. Yeah. However, she did say that there's places all over Malta that are now restricted. Yeah. And do the tunnels exist? She says, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and you got to remember too, like that's the Mediterranean. You know, it's not far from the eight-story tunnels sections in Turkey. You know what I mean? Mm. There's there's tunnels in Rome. There's always there's all yeah, this underground yeah, right, stuff right around the Mediterranean. Yeah, all the way to England. Technically, yeah. theoretically, there's a tunnel system that runs from Turkey to the United Kingdom, um, which we covered on early on. It was a mm. Blitz episode years ago. However, you know it's it's there's no there's this it always comes back to the underground people. You know the ant people, all that stuff. Well, my question is, where does all where does all the rubble go that they're carving out? Mm. Where's all that? Are they mm. carting it out in stones, like, or are they chipping it into holes, or what are they doing? Well, yeah, it's weird. Well, Malta's weird because I mean, Malta's the home of the car tracks. There's the car mm. tracks that run all over the island that are exactly the same width and all that sort of stuff. And you know, that's something that uh, we chatted to Laura about, and it's like we don't know. You know what I mean? What what looks like a car track, mm. but where you know, some run into the ocean, they crisscross all over the place. You know, I think, yeah, what were the white creatures and did she see anything? Interesting question. Were they white? Yeah, it was white-haired creatures, wasn't it? That's what she said. Oh, white-haired I creatures. I humanoid. I didn't see the white-haired. Uh, Jessup, uh, humanoids with white hair covering their bodies. And when they sensed Jessup was looking at them, a strong wing began to blow through the cavern. No, that's a different bit. Yeah, it's different wording. She that's also notes word. that something slippery and wet moved past her as well. Eventually, she returned back to the guide, gave her a knowing look. Or did I just miss that whole line? No, no, no. It's not. It's different. Yeah. It's a different... Um, because, yeah, that wasn't a bit I... No, so someone's either... The edited her yeah, stuff. Either some, the guide me Malta uh, author or mm. the, the Instagram post has been... Yeah, one of the two. One of the two. But anyway, yeah, so there was white hair. So maybe they're yetis. In, in the Mediterranean? Well, they on a summer vacation just in passing, passing through different fucking vortexes. Yeah, right. To, just through into portals. The, yeah, through the interdimensional and portals. Yeah. They go back through that one, and then they come out at Skinwalker. <laughs> yeah, through that yellow fucking portal. And then they come out down at Hanging Rock as well. Yeah, there's one down there. And spook all the scientists. Mm. That. Yeah. Yeah. Look, man. I think. Look, white-haired beings aside, is there an, uh, a mysterious megalithic culture that existed on Malta? Absolutely. There's no, I've got no shadow of a doubt about that. And as for the modern people building on sites, that's what they do. You know what I mean? Every pretty much any major church hmm. is built on top of another sacred site. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's the reality. Like it's again and again and again and again and again. Hmm. So, you know, if it's a natural fortification and some prehistoric, you know, society built a half a fortification. What are you going to do? You're just going to finish it off, aren't you? You know what I mean? Exactly, man. If it's already there, you're going to utilize it mm. 100%. But is there a mysterious megalithic culture in Malta? I would say yes. Uh, we are going to have Laura back on at some point in the next couple of months, trying to squirrel down a date for that mm-hmm. uh, to see what she's found uh, anymore. However, it's weird, man. And yeah, thanks to Nathan for that because, you know, whitehead beings, underground tunnels, you know, 411 type. That's, disappearances because it does sort of feel a bit skinwalkery, doesn't say it? The same thing I was going to say four one one. Yeah, yeah, disappearances. But you know, yeah, I was going to, I was, I was there with you. That's what I was feeling. Mm. 
They just took 30 this time mm. and they didn't bring them back. And the teacher, yeah. Yeah. Well, or thanks. did they all fall down that hole? You know well, that's saying? right. Yeah. Did they just go just through the entrance and just there was a bottomless, bottomless cabin? cabin there. Yeah. So they just How fell down the hole. bottomless is cabins are there? That's right. Well, mate, that being said, do you want to move into the, the feature? No, that's, yeah, man. I'm excited about this because when we we're perusing it earlier, you know, we were saying um, it really looks like it's going to fit well. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's divided into smaller, smaller portions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say? We're, we're banding about words like, um, like, a, like a broad summary across a lot of interesting topics, weren't we? Yeah, by the looks of it. So this is called Earth's Forbidden Secrets, part one. Searching for the past. I don't know if there's a part two. I haven't been able to find a part two. I don't know whether Max and look, there's again Maxi, Max Maxi had been too successful off this first one. Mm. Well, I don't. I, this is an electronic version. I don't. You can't buy paperback because that's what yep. I was trying to buy. So, yep. um, and look, the thing about this too is that just for Max is giving me his kudos. He gives this away for free. Like I tried to pay for it. I even got. That's why I got in touch with him. Like, mate, I want to swing you some cash mm. for your book. We're going to use it on our podcast. Yeah. I haven't heard anything back from him, but yeah, you can just download this book. However, yeah, um, it has is he got a, a publishing date? We'll just have a look. So, lovingly dedicated to my son Daniel, my mother Pauline, and my father Bill. That's nice. Uh, Earth's Forbidden Secrets, Part One: Searching for the Past by Maxwell Egan. I think it's the nineties. It's either early two thousands or the nineties. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, no, no we're back. back. We're back. So just like to thank the Patreon supporters for the new cables that are arriving in the mail shortly <laughs> because that's why that just happened. Anyway, yeah. author's note, grumpy. punch on into it. The main goal of this book is to provide information to people, much of it that is often quite well hidden. It is my sincere hope that everyone who reads this work will be inspired to question things and search out these and other new truths and discoveries for themselves. When I first started this book, it was my desire to cover a really huge variety of topics and put a vast amount of hard-to-get information all in one epic work. However, after several months of the work, the word epic began to take on new meaning <laughs> for me and the sheer volume of the intertwining nature of the text became far too cumbersome to be deemed in any way manageable in a single book. Though the information herein is still quite vast, I was forced to remove several chapters of work. I read that and I'm like, we need to get in a hold of Max and we need to ask him, can we have the chapters mm, that are missing? That'd be cool. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's like I, I feel him in that sentence because it's like, imagine if we had to put all the work we've done over five years into one book. Well, just looking at the start of it and the different topics that he covers. Yeah. I can, he's, yeah, he's really biting off a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Due to the detailed nature of the topics, I sacrificed this into... In the, uh, sacrificed in this slicing process, it is more than likely that each slice chapter will now be further divided into smaller portions before then being expanded upon into a number of separate volumes to release at later dates. Okay. The principal source of the biblical quotations in this book is the original Hebrew version of the Old Testament from 1992 Jerusalem Bibles. That's what I think. I think it's early 90s, mm-hmm. somewhere in the 90s. This is because when all is said and done, all other versions of text are simply the translation and interpretations of various individuals and ultimately, it is what it is written in the original Hebrew version that really counts. I'd agree with that. Yeah. All English biblical quotes are taken from the King James Version. A full bibliography of other sources is also provided to close the book. So he's not just ranting. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? He's done his time. I do not expect anyone to blindly believe what is written within the pages of this book without investigating all the evidence for themselves. And in fact, I very much urge you to do so. In the meantime, however, I hope you find this book informative and enjoyable. And I thank you in advance for taking the time to read it. Remember, the truth is always out there somewhere and sometimes right in front of us too, if we would only notice. Max Egan. Spoken like a true coder. Absolutely, man. And that's and when I read that, I'm like, he's one of us, man. Yeah. One of us. One of us. One of us. And yeah, I, I like that picture too, which just helps me. You know, this is interesting. Uh, we don't mind a good quote here. This, we this, love a good quote. This feels like it's out of a warrior book. Well, looking at who wrote it, yeah. it could be. Uh, if you are thinking one year ahead, plant seeds. If you're thinking 10 years ahead, plant a tree. If you're thinking 100 years ahead, educate the people. It's true. We might have lost sight of some of that, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, Chinese Emperor Quan Zhu, 5th century BC. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump into, and the, the thing is, him slicing, as he says it, is actually helping us immensely because how he's done it is perfect for podcasting. Oh, 100%. So good on you, Max. All right, prologue. I like this. I wasn't going to read it, then I read it, and I'm like, no, we need to read it. Mm-hmm. I need a drink, though. Give me a second. Lubricate, my friend. How's that? There we go. That's good. Okay, don't, don't touch, touch it. it. Don't touch it. Okay, <clears throat> sorry about that. I can. The audio guys won't even know about that, but the video, sorry. Soz, guys. Yeah. It has been often said that it is only by gaining a true understanding of the Earth's past that we can ever hope to find the vital key to understanding its future and in turn our own. Is that not one of the core? That's, that's part of the code is oath, man. Yeah. Such notions have always caused mankind to ponder himself, our planet, the stars, the universe, and beyond. Much of this thought invariably returns to thoughts of the past and the nature of God. Mankind has always wondered such things, and ever since the dawn of our recorded history, there have been countless stories and legends. Oh, see? Trying to be tricky. You got it. You got it. Okay. Uh, Nature of God. Mankind has always wondered about such things, and ever since the dawn of time of our recorded history, there have been countless stories and legends to tempt the matter further. Myths from the depths of time that hint of other far more ancient civilizations like our own in the like ours in the 21st century or even better well 21st okay so it's obviously the 2000s or even better that Mm -hmm. once dwelt in the mysterious lands some of which have long since disappeared beneath the oceans in many of these ancient stories we read tantalizingly and bizarre accounts of strange and unknown technologies tales of ancient gods flying craft and ancient foes waging great wars against each other Wars that were fought with fantastic and devastating weapons. I mean, you're just thinking about the Vimana and all that mm, stuff, those sort mm, of stories. Mm. There's some Sumerian stuff there as well. Over the years, a great number of scholars have attempted to spell these tales as rumors and fanciful myths. Yeah, it's always, it's just a story. Mm. Yeah, they build a giant temple for um, just it's a religious purposes. It's just coincidence that all the paintings, all these paintings and all these hieroglyphs and stuff like that have things that look like spacecraft that's things right that look like helicopters or things that and, and it's like just and it's just all over the world too yeah it's yeah, not, yeah yeah and they, it's just coincidence that these guys look like they're astronauts <laughs> and you know that's it it's, yeah. it it's all just it's all um it's all coincidence yeah uh <laughs> it always is it always is 
Uh, over the years, a great number of scholars have attempted to dispel these tales as rumours and fanciful myths, yet the stories have persisted, and in strangely unnerving reinforcement of them, we find dotted across our planet the remains of immensely ancient enigmatic structures of unknown origins and even more bizarre things. The fact there's an A highlighted, I just had a flashback to Otis. It's like, are we looking for a codex? Remember that? Because Otis is. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> Otis was a bloody. Yeah, he had it. I was going to say Mormon then. Yeah. Mason. Mason, yeah, yes. had it all in code. Uh, where are we? Archaeologists and explorers have uncovered amazing pyramids, megalithic stone cities, and magnificent structures of intricate difficulty. Many of these structures are built in ways that are utterly unknown to us and even still defy our current levels of technical expertise by a far margin. How did they get there? Who built them? And what was their purpose? Do they all share a common link? And if so, what is it? Strange and incongruous artifacts built by amazing and unknown technology that irrefutably dismantle the academic presentation of our history have also been found in places where they simply have no place being. I'm thinking about the imprint that's at the Jinnabara, but anyway, and the curious mm. stone stellas and cave paintings also depicting seemingly impossible scenes from our far distant past. So many of these types of things have now been recovered, such as a variety of locations that they can no longer be simply classed as unusual artifacts and dismissed as curious. Absolutely. Absolutely. In recent years, there's been a veritable storm of writers almost reaching saturation point, warning of the dire times to come, global war, massive earth changes, Armageddon, the fulfillment of dark prophecies and a doom that has been long foretold that will soon descend upon our world. Well, sorry, Max fleet flew. <laughs> Max is in Mexico. Yeah. We should just, you know. I would be too. Yeah, let's face it. It has always been easy to sell doomsday. Well, yes, it has. It has been done ever since man has lived within organized communities and there's always someone who's willing to listen. But is there any tangible evidence for these claims and in what form does it take? In recent, in recent years, startling new discoveries have been made fresh and evidence has been unearthed that may help us answer many of these and other even more profound riddles, riddles <laughs> and perhaps shed the light that has been sorely needed to illuminate many other theories. Evidence that now may at last force us to readjust our mindset and radically rethink the way we have viewed the earth, our history, and ultimately our future. See, he's one of us, man. That's like, that's what we, we, the only reason we explore the past is we think there's answers in the past that can help us in the present that will help, that will help shape our future. Mm -hmm. The information is as important to mankind as it is urgent. Absolutely. But is it almost unfathomable act of irresponsibility and it is still for the most part being ignored by governments and academics all over the world? Hasn't changed, Max, since you wrote this, mate. The arguments and conclusions contained in this work are a cumulative result of over 25 years of investigation and personal research. Many of the arguments he presented are not new, but new discoveries, however small, can at times reveal a new importance and a new and significant relevance to old theories. That's exactly why we're reading this. Because that's right. That's exactly why we're reading this to get it. Expand the theories, man. Plus, in order to see the larger picture, the many smaller pieces of the puzzle must first be put into order. One of the purposes of this work is to demonstrate that there is, in fact, an abundant amount of evidence, much of it in full view, that proves beyond any shadow of a doubt that there was indeed an advanced civilization that existed on this planet in ancient times, the traces of which can be found everywhere. What would megalithomania? How many countries was it? it was like seventy countries or something like that that we listed off in megalithomania? There's so many I can't remember. No, it's yeah, just a lot. Just say all of them, and yeah. we'll be done with it. 
there are even some tantalizing hints of even more something that they have have left behind for us to help us to decipher the celestial information they deem so important this book will demonstrate that all mythologies and many recent discoveries in virtually all fields of science now present irrefutable evidence to us that our history is simply not what we're being led to believe and not only that but the powers that be know full well of this startling information and quite obviously refuse to allow the knowledge to become public this work intends to present undeniable proof of a history that the public at large has been forbidden to see we will then examine the implications of existence holds in our past our present our future indeed for us all so i'll just pause you there for a moment mm. do we have any timekeeping apparatus engaged at this point in time because no no we, we don't okay because we we're going to do this for a set amount of time sort of thing so i was just thinking now's probably the right time to sort that out so how about we go half hour from here okay yep let's go sweet that way then we get it roughly around that hour mark like yeah that's thinking. fine that's fine sorry guys just no, it's, it's, some technical stuff there for a moment look this is a new format mate and here at utc we do it on the run so you know it's all good it's all good all right continue 90% of all wars that have been fought in the last 2,000 years have been waged over religion, and yet all religions ultimately stem from the same source. Yeah, we know. That's, we, that's all the same. Mm -hmm. It has been said that, all, that if all of mankind were truly educated in the singular source of all religions and the true nature of our world and man's relation to it, there can never possibly be wars fought over doctrines described in our books. The triptych, brother. The triptych. The ancients, we shall see, had no religion as such, but instead had what could be described as a deeper knowledge of reality, a science and religion. <laughs> they were both integrally combined into a way of life. Is that not what we've said for the last five years, that when the megalithic culture existed was when science and religion the last time they were one, or science and spirituality, I think is how we put it. I like what he's thinking. I know, man. He's one of us. Education is mankind's greatest natural resource. Only through total education can mankind truly ensure a balanced and harmonious future. And in a world such as ours, education should be free and mandatory. With proper and open education, everything else falls into place. The scholastic institutions we have established for ourselves are in fact wholly detrimental to the pursuit of true learning and the current distribution of selected knowledge based on economic ability of the visual individual can ultimately only lead to a breakdown of our society such as we are even now beginning to witness in our, on our streets. Yeah, well... Again, didn't get that one, didn't get any better, mate. Yet even with this, education is always one of the lowest expenditure budgets of any given nation. Yeah. Education and knowledge should not be the property of an elitist club greedily hoarding its wealth, but a free and open establishment designed for the benefit and progress of the whole of mankind. Never a true word spoken, brother. Well, that's the end of the prologue. And I, I, man, I agree with Max. It, like, it, I just told you, he's yeah, one like, of us, man. I like his point of view, man. He's... Yeah, education should mm -hmm. be free. And see, that's that's part of our problem at this point in time. Like, look at the whole the whole um, Joe Rogan blow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you going on. I'm saying? It? Like, they're trying to silence someone who is... Giving away free information. Yeah. Giving away free information. Yeah. You know, interviewing, interviewing interesting people mm -hmm. in a long form mm -hmm. where you can absorb a lot of info. Mm -hmm. Not not cut down into little clips and bits and pieces mm. so it's it's a and it's free information 
obviously well podcasting is the free university man you don't have to go like if you if you listen to dan carlin for three days you're going to understand history better than you ever will three days yeah that's only half of a book. Yeah, I know. That's, that's half a, of one of his episodes. I know. Man. Six hours of throw. but Yeah, six hours of throw, three days in a pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, and he puts it together like seven episodes. Seven episodes, like 30 hours. I think it's 40 hours he did on. Yeah, that guy's deep. Yeah, you get a better understanding for, for our recent written history, mm-hmm. modern history. Or even Genghis Khan, all that well, stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? he does go back a fair way, doesn't he? But yeah, it's it's... We, and this is the thing, there's a generation, I think it's our age and younger, that have latched on to podcasts like mm. this. Yeah, 100%. To get, because we, we were pretty sure that everything we were being told is bullshit mm. because it is, right? That's the... Oh, 100%. And, yeah, you know, there's a, I've got a, I posted up on the page, was there's an old guy wandering through the desert. He's like, you know, that most um, breakthroughs in any field never come from within the field. Mm. They come from outside the field. Yeah. Because you bounce within the field, you're in an echo chamber. Exactly. You're in your own echo chamber and you've got to subscribe to the ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yes, Max is one of us, mate. Let's move on. So he's part one is evidence. If you want me to do any reading, mate, you just let me know. I will, bud. Your tongue starts to tire. I'm I'm good at the moment. I'm good. But yeah, I think that's cool. Oh, this is, this is pertinent. Those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it 100 percent. enigma and conspiracy to see the future you must look backwards the book of isaiah the beginnings both earth both of earth and of man are a complete mystery theories the theories concerning our beginnings that we have been presented with by both academics who talk of evolution and gradualism and theologians who claim creation are each fought with a myriad of inconsistencies and contradictions. Tell me about it. In reality, the true histories of both man and our, of our planet are still an enormous riddle. It would seem that all anthropological, archaeological, and even and now even genetic evidence says that modern man simply does not belong here. The question was posed by a scholar, oh, Zachariah Sitchin. Mm-hmm. And in, the, in this manner, if life indeed began through a series of spontaneous and random chemical events, as evolution and science has so far surmised, then why is it that all life on Earth seems stems from a single source and not from a myriad of different sources that were each arrived at by chance? And most importantly, why does life on Earth contain so few of the chemical elements that can be found in abundance on the Earth, yet many others that are in fact celestial elements and rare to our planet? Could it be possible that the seed of life did not actually evolve on the Earth? but in fact came here from somewhere else. Well, I think we both side with the fact that, you know, some sort of panspermia in some way, shape or form, whether it was a crystal spaceship or rocks from the sky, there's something in that. I mean, our bones have space dust in them. Mm. You can't actually argue that. Our bones have space dust in them. So, you know, Mm. we have in some ways gained some insight into the very first stages of our solar system and our home planet how it was formed from the gases, elements, and primordial stuff of the universe, gradually cooling into a solid sphere and how the elements then reacted and combined until somehow at last, the spark of life was born. From then on, it becomes a little lazy, hazy, a little lazy. Lazy, (laughs) hazy, baby. Little hazy. Embracing evolution, scholars have taught us that all life on Earth first came from the sea, 
gradually finding limbs and crawling its way onto land where it slowly evolved to form new creatures and eventually birds, animals, and all other life. Well, we're, we're, we're not a chicken, what are we? We're um, like a little rat, the first mammal. What was it called? I can't remember now. Nah, yeah. You know the one I'm talking about. The uh, ancestor. Yeah. That's we are taught that in remember. ancient times, well before the dawn of man, strange prehistoric beasts of huge proportions ruled the earth, enormous cold-blooded reptilian creatures, which we have named dinosaur, meaning terrible lizard. It is first believed they first appeared around 193 million years ago and reigned supreme until most were wiped out some 65 million years ago in the shattering impact of a meteorite or comet fragment in the vicinity of the Gulf of Mexico. Mm. The event caused mass extinction among many species covering the entire globe with a cloud of dust and debris plunging the planet into a nuclear winter and a devastating ice age. The other, one of the other stats I love about that is they reckon that the because obviously the metal core, like if you believe the whole theory, iron core, the iron core and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. is that that kind of impact made the earth ring like a bell for a million years, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, where are you? The event caused mass extinctions are almost miraculously small pockets of the prehistoric creatures somehow withstood the ravages of the cold, survived the ice age and continued to evolve. Then there is a kind of gray area during which the first man evolved from apes and began life in caves some two to three million years ago. During that time, primitive man is said to have evolved from primates through to the Australopithecus, Homo habilis, Homo erectus, then the Neanderthal species, which eventually declined to be replaced by Cro-Magnon, a species that was very similar to modern man and seemed to appear apparently from nowhere. Then eventually Cro-Magnon itself was replaced when the first species of Homo sapiens born about 250 years ago, 250,000 years ago, Homo sapiens sapiens or modern man is said first appeared about 40,000 years ago, at which point it is not considered to be too grey anymore and we're told that man's history becomes a relatively straightforward affair. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Cro-Magnon has been replaced now. Yeah, it's, it's, that, it's that's a different... Homo, Homo sapiens. Yeah. I think a... they took that... that um, Terminology, terminology way. way so he's sh- showing his age here like you say maybe maybe pre-90 uh, early 90s yeah because um, we well, said 21st century so i'd imagine see. it's early 2000s yes oh yeah true 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 so it could be early 2000s mm. because i mean the thing is in the last 10 years a lot of this works really accelerated so yeah. you know well yeah cro-magnon man went out a little while ago though Did i it? remember that reclassification and his discussion of the dinosaurs mm. Uh, post early 90s with the first Jurassic Park movie yeah we moved into um different dinosaurs being different things and different theories Cretaceous blah 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 well yeah not only that though but they're not just all cold-blooded lizards Mm. because they turned all the two-legged dinosaurs were actual bird related yeah they do they have feathers or whatever yeah whether you're a sauropod with four legs or a, I can't remember the terminology for a two-legged one, a theropod? Yeah. No. Theropod, maybe. maybe. No. Anyway, two legs, like a T-Rex or a mm. raptor, mm. you were classified differently. Yeah, right. Sort of thing. And they were given different, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah, modern man is said to have appeared 40,000 years ago. Look, we know down here in Australia, we're at 100 and something now, aren't mm. we? Mm. So, so there's some disparity with mm. that shows the age. Mm. But doesn't take anything away from it was up to date at its time absolutely it's yeah. only evolved yeah new stuff's come out but the the bulk of it's still good mm. so let's see and over a relatively straightforward affair of course it is 
Over time, men ceased dwelling in caves, learned to become hunters and gatherers, formed villages to live in within, within organized communities, and slowly progressed to civilization about 6,000 years ago. Which has now been pushed back. So go back, Lee Tepe pushed that back twice as half far, eventually learning to sail and travel and finally culminating in our current situation of advanced level of technology. Because he's an Australian, I can feel that he's being a little facetious. I can sort of, because there's an Aussie writing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not being totally serious there. Yeah. We are therefore in the 21st century at the end, at the very cutting edge and peak of man's technological achievement so far. Never before in the history of our species has man had such wonders at his fingertips. And those who have created for ourselves in the brief moment of time that is 150 odd years since the Industrial Revolution of the 1800s. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. All scientific investigation in our past up to this point has been designed to fit within an orderly paradigm. Due to these restrictions and even with all the significant advances in technology we may have made in the last 150 years, We've made very little progress in solving the puzzles presented to us by the Earth's past. That's it. Here's an interesting one. I don't know whether I've probably told you, but you know, when you know when archaeology first became an official field, no, it wasn't until the 1930s, man. Yeah. So it's not like some ancient prestigious. Well, and you got to think about archaeology. Which just rich dudes digging in the dirt, English guys colonizing places and stealing fucking artifacts. That's right. Yeah. And how how messed up how messed up is a a body of evidence going to get? Yeah. When everyone's stealing shit for their own personal mm-hmm. fucking museums and collections. Exactly. What is and, not? You, you, people talk about the Vatican, but what's in the lords' manners, lords and ladies' manners in England, mm. in the basement, under hiding under old canvas? You know yeah. what I mean? Like it could be the secret to and everything. We've, we've all listened. Well, well, we've we've all um, heard of that. Oh, what was it? The origins of the human species? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you listen to the stories of the the beginning of archaeology, mm-hmm. when things were found in mines, in mm-hmm. hand dug mines, mm-hmm. the oops art and stuff like that. Well, we're going to go through some of that in a minute. That's right. We? That's yeah. right. But you think about that kind of stuff and the stuff that was that fit para- paradigms, so it was thrown in, and then stuff that didn't fit paradigms, it was found in the wrong strata, so it was completely excluded. You know, like human human bones found in three million like mo- modern human yeah, yeah, yeah. Safe, safe bones found in three million year, year old strata mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that was and that was the thing they were also being dated by where they were found that's they right they didn't have any other dating no carbon um, dating is not that old either no that's right and it's and not it's an exact science at all super exactly it's not an exact science so they were mm. dating it by strata by other things that have been found that a group of dudes in smoking jackets with whiskey and cigars agreed upon that this is how old it was. Well, what's interesting, you know, and this, this probably won't mention it because, it, you know, the Clovis culture, yep. so that was the oldest American culture. Mm-hmm. What a team of archaeologists or, you know, new explorers is doing. He's going back over those discoveries. And going deeper. And digging to the deeper layers. And guess what? They're finding They're shit. finding shit. Yeah. At the next 10,000 year mark. Because we always... Because a good spot's a good spot. A good spot's a good spot, man. <laughs> exactly. Right? And we like, we we as like humans, a good spot. We just, we're all fucking bleed red. That's right. We're all the same. We, we like, all like a good, a good spot. spot. Yeah, it's like that spot out at Sundown, mate. It's a good yeah, spot. That's it. Right? That's the reason that's the camping spot, because that's, that's a good spot. That's a good spot. Will we be camping there when we go back? Yes. Yes, we, yes, we will. Exactly where we were. Uh, <laughs> the reality is that 
or maybe up around the corner. The reality is that like down by the river. Like if that river's right down, that'd be good. There's no risk of it flooding. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll be camping down there. Forever. Yeah. The reality of our distant history is still an enormous riddle. We only know that we what we do from the gradual piecing together of many enigmatic and confusing traces that have so far been recovered from around the world. Our true knowledge of ancient history still remains confusing, unknown, or fragmented at best. All we really have are various creation myths and theories, and it must be clearly understood here that in the case of archaeology and even evolution, theories are really no more than ideas and possibilities. One person putting forth what they see as a rational scenario based on the various information or artifacts they have personally been able to gather and study. Dude, just one thing. Yeah. Your bouncing knee is putting me off. Oh, is it? Sorry, mate. And everyone can see it. Oh, can they? They can so see my... Yeah, right. Oh, how come... I thought we couldn't see our knees. I don't know. Maybe your screen has slipped. We did move it again, didn't we? Did oh, we? That's all right. Doesn't matter. So the, the knees aren't a problem. It's just your bouncing. Sorry, mate. It's just getting putting me off. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you and all. No, no, it's okay. We need this is a new format. Man. I we know. Need, we I need know. to figure out what we're doing here. Look, we've got to straighten out all the iron out all the kinks, my friend. Absolutely. I'm not. I've got no worries with it. Uh, fragmented. All we really have are various creation myths and theories, and it must be clearly understood here that in the case of uh, we read that putting forth rational scenario based on the information gathered and study a hypothesis or possibility based on available evidence these theories are then put forth to the academic community for peer review we can't nothing's real unless it's peer reviewed and when the evidence that led to the conclusions has been tested and assessed and criticized and reassessed and re-criticized and the idea has been deemed agreeable by all parties an overall assumption of fact is born this fact can then be used as a basis or rule of thumb for further studies that is until someone else comes along and disproves it by discovering a new fact this is how peer review works do you know what the rule of thumb is no i knew you were going to say that yeah i do you do okay we don't need to say it but the size of the stick that you can beat your wife with yes that's exactly what it is yes so yeah i don't when i found that i used to use that in teaching you know where i learned it from um no oh, now i'm blanking <laughs> you know um, i don't remember boondock saints yes yeah yeah because there's a chick in there yeah that quotes it yeah yeah and then i looked it up and it's true that's and that's that true. is true yeah yeah and when i remembered that i think i think when i started teaching i rewatched boondock saints yeah how good is boondock that's saints, great by the way? both of those movies are good yeah and then i thought then i used then i thought hang on a minute i'm teaching like everybody so yeah. i better not use that have you seen mr nobody yeah i liked it it's a little bit boondock saints yeah i liked it the way the dad and the brother come yeah, into yeah. It sort i of liked thing. it i liked it nah me too uh rule of thumb for further studies that is until someone else comes along and disproves it by discovering and proving a new fact that is how peer review works for example, the well, theory that is kind of scientific method, though, as well. it is kind of scientific in, in method. a way. It's the problem with this with that scientific method is it's within the bubble, right? Yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But that's a and the thing is that's that's within a bubble of scientists, mm-hmm. so that's why it's scientific method mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it doesn't include people from outside, no, which. But like I said before, all real movement forward in any 
area of study comes from comes from outside outside 100 yeah but you could understand so it's hard to have science and have it built on this look i'm trying to what i'm trying to say is i can understand how the the paradigm got made mm. in terms of we've never it's always there's always been a educational disparity in the general populace yes so it was always rich and wealthy people that could be educated yeah that's true and it, it, in modern times it's 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 changed mm. so more people than ever are now literate mm. and can read and now we've got the internet and we can share information mm. amongst each other and that to me is what makes the old paradigm irrelevant now yeah it's like we need to change the method but where do you draw the line that's the problem because the thing is that's there's a lot problem. of people in this world that think their opinion matters yeah or their opinion towards something counts yeah. and they have the ability to get a that's platform the good thing and the bad thing about the so, internet you know what so i mean everyone's got a platform hell do you draw the line look it's it's an interesting I mean, question are we even included <laughs> Well, <laughs> is UTC included? If you draw the line, are we even in there? Probably not. Or are we just idiots? We've already. We're definitely idiots. idiots. We're definitely idiots. We're However, morons. Yeah. However, uh, look, sophomaniacs. Yeah, sophomaniacs. That's a <laughs> fucking one from. Back they're they're the soph about the person that has the delusion <laughs> that they're intelligent. Yeah, if we are, we are sophomaniacs. That's thanks for reminding me. That's uh, way that's back in the five day. Five years ago. That's man. that's ages ago. <laughs> uh, where are we? Um, look. <sighs> The problem is, to, to answer your question, where do you draw the line? The problem is that common sense and critical thinking seem to have left the building, especially over the last two years. But before that, it was still not very popular. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, it's sort of like the, the evidence for the advanced civilization, the, the petroglyphs and hieroglyphs and drawings that are exactly the same all over the planet, the handbag. Like, choose your alternative archaeological thing and you'll get a mainstream, so someone at Griffith University, whoever it is, mm. and you present 10,000 pages, which you could do, mm. of a linking civilization across the planet prior to 10,000 years ago. And they go, no. Nah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yes, the peer review process on paper looks good. Yeah. But then so does communism. You know what I mean? Well, the, the problem lies when you have people who are attached to the narrative. Exactly. Yeah. So that, where the scientific process falls down because mm. the scientific process is on paper is meant to be ever evolving. Yes. So you, you review it for that moment and then you evolve it. The problem is these people who get paid mm -hmm. to defend their to theories, defend their theory, yeah. drag that process out. So mm -hmm. instead of it evolving in a generational timeline, like a 25 year timeline, yeah, it's a lifetime timeline. Mm -hmm. So these people are dragging it out to more like 50 to 60 years. Mm -hmm. And then you have to wait for the old guys to die out before you can start to pump through new ideas. That's right. It doesn't matter how valid the, the when you got to look at the, the comet research group, the younger yep. drives impact yep. gaining more and more steam every single day. Mm -hmm. When we first started looking into it five years ago, it was not accepted. It's really only the last 18 months or two years that it's really be everyone's like oh yeah maybe well it, yeah it was five years ago that um what was it atomic glass was yeah, yeah. it was poo-pooed yeah but they're they're doing 
proper testing and it's been found everywhere. Testing and pro- like properly set up. It's not just moonlight. It's, it's not two blokes in a, in a in a studio exactly. in the in a shed in the middle of Australia. That's somewhere. right. They're finding that that layer all over the world. Mm-hmm. So and it's set out properly and it's recorded properly mm-hmm. by tr- real scientists. And we're waiting for Hiawatha too. Oh yeah, the crater. Hiawatha crater. Mm. Yes, waiting for the. The dating. We we need some more carbon to melt the. Yes, yes, we, yes, we can get down there. Let's have a look, mate. What? Let's <laughs> let's keep reading. Sorry. No, you're right, man. What? Uh, um, let me just check the sands of time. That's mate. okay, mate. For example, the theory encompassing the entire history of man's ascension. We're at twenty three minutes. That was just described for you on the second page was surmised from the scientists studying a total collection of mere two hundred bone fragments which was the entire amount that had been excavated and recovered from around the world at the time. And the theory has never really been subject to any serious revision or academic challenge. The entire theory is also based on the assumption that Darwin is correct. The problem that I have with Darwin is he never, he went to Madagascar and then he went home and... Didn't he throw Galapagos in there? Yeah, the Galap- no, but I, I don't think, he, did he go to the Galapagos? He might have went to Galapagos, he might have went to Madagascar and then that was it. Felt like he observed finches. Yeah, I think something like that. David but the, the, Attenborough told me that. <laughs> yeah, but whatever it is, he only went two places on the planet, yeah. made his theory, and said, "Yeah, job's done, mate." Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, it was only ever presented as a theory mm. because you only needed that much evidence because there was so little evidence mm-hmm. on the ground. Mm-hmm. People just wanted an answer. Mm-hmm. They and they wanted the. They chose these guys chose the best story that they'd heard they're like mm-hmm. you know what that that links the dots as best it can mm-hmm. problem is mm-hmm. those dots were linked based off very little evidence how 200 years ago mm-hmm. and shit's changed since then absolutely we have better techniques so why as and well we know why because Narrative. because stuff that stuff was excluded mm-hmm. stuff that was legitimately found was has been excluded mm. throughout the years because it didn't fit the paradigm exactly. and that's where the peer review method has fallen down, fallen down yeah is because it's through the peer review method method that you can exclude stuff yeah if if, if i if i agree that this idea is book. correct then that makes my idea bullshit so well, we can't agree exactly. with that exactly you've based your life fucking copying <laughs> off fucking darwin that's just expanding <laughs> upon his theory, yeah. you've written numerous textbooks off yeah, it. You yeah, don't yeah. want to no. accept someone else's shit. No. Mate, well, what we do, let's try and get through this prologue and then we'll 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 call the first uh, part one there. There's a couple of pages. So let's let's let's, let's try and it. let's try and chunk through. Right? Uh I'll do I'll do a bit and I'll let you know when to take over. I'm I don't know. I'm glad you're starting because I don't know where the fuck you just scrolled to. No, no, no. I know where I am. <laughs> but what if the basic supposition that it was used as the rule of thumb in many cases? See, I don't like it now that I know what the rule of thumb is. Yeah, was yeah, erroneous. Yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. To begin with, what if it didn't happen that way at all? What if our history did not actually run as has so far been believed? Surely, if it could in any way shown to be possible that man's history and indeed the entire Earth's history ran in a completely different way to what has been currently theorized and taught as fact and fact is an issue, isn't it? Then shouldn't that be investigated too? Shouldn't all avenues be exhausted before being dismissed until the whole and real truth is found? It's like he's in the room with us. Isn't, mm. that, isn't that true investigative science? Well, like the, the one thing I'll, I'll disagree with him with, though, is that I don't believe 
the whole and real truth will ever, ever be found. That's my problem. I think no. everything should be started with a, this is what we this is believe what with the evidence yeah. that we have, but, but we'll never truly know. The, the problem the is we, thin. the problem is so thin, but we also know that it's been wiped clean a few times. So we're not going to find it. So, you know, exactly. uh, well, yes, it is. But the trouble, unfortunately, is that modern science contains a certain amount of politics and well, people just simply hate having their theories proved wrong. Boom. In fact, it has always been that way. As history tells us, the great scientist Copernicus wasn't even game to release his theory on planetary rotation to the, until he was on his deathbed, and it was his very last day of life. And just look, look what happened to Galileo. Even Newton, as admired and respected as he was, never announced his involvement in alchemy, and he searched for the hidden codes of creation he believed were locked within the words of the Bible until death for fear of being tried for heresy. In that respect... It appears that things haven't really changed a great deal. If the truth be known, and in stark contrast to the current accepted view of history, we are not presented with by academia. There are certain and quite numerous telltale signs on our planet and in our solar system at large that suggest a very different course of events than the orthodox tenet. And there is also other more esoteric signs that can be found around the world. Evidence that has been left by our ancestors clearly suggesting that they possessed a very extensive and extraordinarily detailed knowledge of these events and the behaviour and workings of our planet and solar system. There is also evidence that they based their entire cultures on these celestial events and believed them to be of incredible significance for mankind and for the Earth. There is also tantalising hints of a long-forgotten method to decipher these earthly and celestial signs if we could but find a way to read and understand them. I like him. I understand, of course, that most people who disagree with the theories of Charles Darwin are almost automatically labelled as creationists, but I assure you that this is by no means the case. In all reality, even after a cursory investigation, biblical creation stories are far too contradictory to make any real sense. That is actually the reason I got kicked out of Sunday school, man, as a six-year-old, as I asked that poor young bird who was, you know, sent there to teach the kids, and I asked her too many questions. Oh, man. That was, I think it was Wednesdays. Wednesdays we had PE and it was. Ari. 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 Sorry, yeah. you're right. Not PE. Religious education. Yeah. yeah. That was another time. Um, but yeah, Ari on a Wednesday. And it was, if you didn't choose like agnostic or whatever it was, where you got to go and color in shit, it was torture the poor dude that got sent That's to right. Ari with. <laughs> With just questions, be like, so if that happened, how does this work? Yeah. You know? And it's like, I felt sorry for the, like looking back now. Yeah. I yeah, sorry yeah. I for know. the dude. I was I such a pain in the ass. Yeah. But that's, it was fun. It is what happens, man. It was well, fun to f- poke fun at. And now it doesn't make any real sense. Yeah. We got that one. Also, in the case of the Bible, biblical tale, the really disturbing part is that the story is not actually original to the Bible. And as, as has been claimed, if it is in fact and has been adequately proven, a borrowed, greatly edited version of a much earlier, more complete account. By way of comparison, the orthodox accounts and theories of evolution and man's past history that we've been given by the academia and that are now presented to us virtually as concrete facts are also patchy and problematic at best, while some can even appear quite fanciful. Here, we've we found that out, Max. Thanks for that, mate. We, we That's where we've come to. It's a better way to put it. But yeah. Well, I, I guess the worst day, the worst day in fucking, in the Vatican's history was when the Sumerian texts were found. Yeah. And deciphered. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. You can totally tell we've borrowed all 
whole story, whole stories. Man. And then from, as from as that. we as we deciphered the Egyptian hieroglyphs and the story there, it's exactly it the same. It's repeating. Yeah. The real problem with both theories being that they simply cannot account for a great many details, and in many cases are both vastly contrary and quite to quite solid. <laughs> and in many cases are both vastly contrary to quite solid evidence. Cunningly, when such evidence is found, it appears in some way prove our history to be different than what is to what is taught. It is hurriedly dismissed, ignored, hidden, thrown into a dark basement locker, or somehow mysteriously lost, or just flat out bulldozed, as we found out here in Australia. Or set on fire. Yeah. In the in the past, many such of of intellectual vandalism were often committed in the name of various religions in an effort to maintain supremacy. Narrative. Such mm. things are probably to be expected by religious organizations. Most, most are essentially insecure in their foundations and need constant reinforcement. When we find these deeds also being committed within the scientific community, it becomes far more sinister and disturbing. In an institution of learning, such an attitude can only be described as detrimental to the true pursuit of knowledge and extraordinarily, un, extraordinarily unscientific at best. And have you ever noticed how many scholars that do actually come forth with a different theory about our past and seriously attempt to discover and debate the real truths often have their efforts constantly thwarted and, and invariably ridiculed and ostracized? And not just by academia either, either. Many are quite terribly vilified through legal, social, and media channels as well. Think of Graham Hancock, man. Like, you know, there's many others. Um, Bob Newton, another guest that's been on the podcast, he yeah. got ridiculed with some of his stuff. Well, we we quietly jeered when Sitchin's name came up earlier as well. Yeah, we did, yeah. Think about someone who's been ostracized there. Yeah. yeah. Because of his point of view. Yeah. The way he, yeah, the way he interpreted things. The the funny thing I just, a funny thought I just came up with as I was listening to, to you read that was, we were talking before about um, the ancient civilization where spirituality and science really came like we, we feel like they were probably closer to being one. Mm. And, I, and I think now I'm like, are we not reaching that same level now? But is it necessarily a good thing? Yeah, we've in taken in, in it, it, technologically we've taken a bit of a dark turn, but quantum physics. No, nah, but what I'm getting at is, is science has become a religion in itself. Yes, it's that's like, the problem. Don't you Scientism. believe the science? Trust the science. Trust the science. And you know, like, because you because science, how many man. Different facets of science there are. Exactly. Yeah. Science isn't one science. Like I said, common sense and critical thinking, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when and it the- comes to doctors, there's GPs and there's virologists. Mm-hmm. You know, I know who I would rather hear from. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, and that might cause a worldwide furor because it's against the narrative, but that's another story. Yeah. And, the, and you know, and thanks, Max. It seems incredulous how much trouble and effort is actually gone into order to stifle the information and perpetuate what appears to be enormous myth that they've been carrying presented to us is historical fact or another type of fact. The real truth of the matter is that almost every continent on earth can lay claim to some strange or unusual relic from the past that cannot easily be explained by either academics or theologians. Many scholars have attempted to explain away or quietly dismiss such enigmas offhandedly, but there are simply too many that have been found and even more that continue to be unearthed that can just not be explained away. Where then did all these things come from? Do we need to know? Are they all nothing more than a collection of interesting and unexplained oddities from a past that is largely unimportant to our future lives? Or is there actually something of benefit or even great importance that we can learn from them? 
was there a real reason the people of the old to have gone to such a ridiculous amount of effort to create the many intricately detailed works with such amazing precision that have been recovered or to build such incredible structures? Could there be some message contained within the structures of these ancient places that we may be missing? If these ancient structures were really designed purely as temples, then it certainly seems that these people went to an awful lot of trouble to build them and to make sure we would notice their work. Or could it be that many of them were perhaps something other than merely temples or fortresses? Fortresses. When examining some of these structures, it seems inconceivable, almost incomprehensible, that the people who have lived in our distant past could possibly have ever created such enormously impressive stone monuments and delicately tooled items. But somehow, there they are. And we're just and we're just not talking about a couple of odd items here either. There are absolutely hundreds of them in all shapes, sizes, and forms. Ancient monuments, sunken ruins, incredible pyramids, strange and out-of-place artifacts of a scientific or mechanical nature, and even odder things in almost all countries right across the entire expanse of our globe. Thankfully, in recent years, a number of very reputable scientists, mathematicians, and archaeologists have begun to realize that things are quite simply not what they have seemed and begin to explore some of the more radical possibilities of man's beginnings that evidence has suggested. In this time, several new fields Let's of... Let's not exclude geologists. Yeah, geologists. In there as well. Geologists, archaeoastronomers as well. Yep. Um, anthropologists as well. These All these different people are coming it's together. It's a new age. Yeah. You, think, you think of people... Think of people who have pursued these careers uh-huh. that have a a thought process similar to ours, mm-hmm. which I think our th- sort of thought process is like a generational one mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we've been presented, we've been bombarded with all this new information. Mm-hmm. So imagine these people pursuing these careers in those in those uh, forums mm-hmm. in those industries. Mm-hmm. It's we really are on the on the cusp. Like from now to the end of our lives you know how they were saying before that copernicus didn't didn't put forward his stuff till his deathbed you know galliano galliano <laughs> get some red galliano in you mate you'll have a good night oh. <laughs> does that but, make your stomach turn a little bit no, no galileo, galileo. yeah 100 yeah, yeah, yeah so all the same sort of stuff well you wait till these guys our age group starts to get older mm. we'll see what happens that's if it hasn't all been cancel culture by then anyway that's right <laughs> Or we're all in empowerment camps. Or yeah, something. if we haven't hailed the emperor by then. Yeah. Um, we'll keep. How long? What, what's the What's the sands of time? Tell Dude, us. We mate. are at sands of time. Yeah, as we speak. Yeah. Because there's 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 a lot more of this to go. Um, well, my friend. Look, I might. Um, let's I might just peel it over into the next episode. I might. No, I feel. I'll. I'll there's a heap of questions here. We'll end it there. All right. right. Done. Uh, and because yeah, then we'll we'll. Uh, and we'll, we'll move it over the next one. Where are we up to? Da, 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 da. Where so much trouble and effort. I've lost my... Th- <laughs> Sorry. Out of place. There we go. Out of place artifacts. Here we go. Uh, man, have not what they seem yet. Have In this time, several new fields of study have also opened up within the science community. Undoubtedly, one of the most intriguing of these fields is surely the study of oops arts or out of place artifacts. Although often the study of these oops arts can present a good deal more questions than it can answers. Yeah, we found one, man. It does, mm. does, all it does is provide questions. 
Before the study of oops arts was recognized as a genuine, though still highly criticized field of study, such items were usually considered merely as curios or archaeological oddities. An out-of-sight, out-of-mind approach was invariably adopted towards any such artifacts. They were quickly locked away in acts of gross irresponsibility, dumped at sea before anyone noticed so as not to rock the archaeological, anthropological or historical boat, so to speak. And that's true. Like they seriously dumped them and burned them like it's crazy. Many such artifacts are rumoured to have been dumped off the coast of America by the Smithsonian Institute. After all, who wants to rewrite all those history books? Yeah, such a pain. <laughs> such place artifacts were deemed too painful or time-wasting because the invariable provide evidence that is contrary to the orthodox tenant we are presented with. I'd just like to add one more to that. Mm. One, one that they used to use was that, because um, it was usually miners that would find these things, yeah that um they had they had planted that it there or something because yeah because the artifacts yeah you that didn't they find found, it it got planted there yeah the artifacts they found they would get paid more for mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sort of thing by mm-hmm, the owner of mm-hmm, the mine so mm-hmm. so the workers clued into this and they would plant it not to mention all of the other artifacts that were found that fit the paradigm were found in the exact same way yeah that's right yeah, exactly. that's right it's all the but same they, but they, yeah they wanted to use those because they fit the paradigm that's right uh that can be most intriguing. So, uh, off the tenant we presented and raised far too many questions for the closed minded. They can be the most intriguing questions, too. All these artifacts ultimately question our past as they simply don't belong where they are, where they were found, and definitely don't fit in with what we know to be man's history. Yet, here they are, right before our eyes. I've got a series of questions here, then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it for this episode. For example, how could ancient jewellery bear evidence of electroplating? It does. How could a stone slab and a set of earplugs from the Aztec era bear the signs of being machine cut at a time when there were supposed to be no machines? How can there be ancient maps that accurately show the Antarctic coast and continent free from ice hundreds of years before it was even discovered? How could a lump of coal have a delicate gold chain trapped inside? How can there be numerous signs on Earth that suggest atomic or nuclear warfare? How can ancient Indian texts contain scores of pages of complicated flight manuals? How can modern human fossils exist? How could people in ancient times have moved 800-ton blocks of stone? Well, we know that's 1,600-ton blocks of stone. Mm. How could the Mayans have built these gap-free megalithic fortresses? How could a 500,000-year-old fossil encrusted geode contain a spark plug within it? How can there be a computer code or algorithm encoded into the text of the Bible? And that's just a few of the examples. There are literally dozens more. And ladies and gentlemen, tune in next week when we'll dive a little bit more in depth into some of those some of those questions that are there. Yeah, we've got to finish the pro. I, I want to I want to finish this off only because it's so fascinating. Like there's still a few pages here, and then we're going to jump into um, some of these examples, man. But I think that was awesome, dude really cool that was um that's it dude all right well like we said before tune in next week there'll be another one um drop us a line is there anything we should change should i stop talking should should i just let should i just let truth read should i stop interjecting like no some hints and tips i think i think it's an open i like i I like not listen anyway but i just yeah we're still going to do whatever we want however please let us know no in all seriousness look the, the next episode won't have uh an article on the front of it but the one after that will so please send your articles in and look if we get enough we might do a blitz 
You know what I mean? We might yeah. do, you know, if we get three or four articles yeah. sent through. If you've seen a cool article lately. Hmm. And don't forget that there is know, don't it? forget there is the Unlocking the Code Facebook page and a lot of the articles that we discuss here and heaps more is is posted on that page. So make sure you give that a follow as well. Awesome, dude. All right, man. Till next time. Talk to you later. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Do you just want to go again? Let's do it. Yeah. Go again. All right. I know you been here before. No surprises settle the score. I know the darkness deep inside. Reckless rage, poison pride. I know the I know the pain And I know the fear We do not name And the one who comes to find me When my time is through I know you I know you